We're excited to announce that our very own podcasting platform, Zencaster, has become the new sponsor to the show. Check out the podcast discount link in our show notes. Stay tuned for why we love using Zencaster for the podcast. Are you looking to start your journey in podcasting but not sure how? Kangaroo Firm Media Lab got you covered. Everything you need to know in launching and growing your podcast is here. Book a call now at kangaroofirm.com. By the way, I just released my ebook Harness the Power of Podcasting. To get a free copy, just go over to mikosantos.co/freebook. That is m i k o s a n t o s.co/freebook. This podcast is produced and managed by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Australia's independent video and podcast company. We do the podcasting hard bits so you don't have to. We make podcasts easy. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.k-a-n-g-a-r-o-o-f-e-r-n.com the Tribe Podcast Show is a production of Kangaroo Fern Media Lab, which is all about supporting you to start and build a thriving business. Tribe Podcast on Ozpod Syndicate. More than 20 years working in marketing and communication, leading senior position within the public and private sector overseas in Australia. Started her career in communication at the age of 19 at renowned marketing agency in Brazil working directly with politicians, business people, community leaders, and other organizations. In 2008, she moved to Australia after working in regional SA as a newspaper reporter, photographer, editor, and radio presenter for over three years. In 2020, Lostuza Marketing was born and providing business with experience outsource marketing department. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Please welcome on Tribe Podcast under Ospod Syndicate, the founder and the CEO of Lostuza Marketing, Celeste Lostuza. Thank you. How are you? Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Finally, I think you and I have been connecting and talking for a little while now. So it's great to finally make it happen. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Yeah, so the first time I am um, connected with you is during the ebook launching. So you're asking for uh, any best business people is wanted to have a crack on the ebook that you are producing. So that's the first time we emit online. <laughs> that's right. And I think uh, that ebook is just one of the practices that I do. Um, I find it one of the best things we can do as business people is supporting each other. And uh, I'm a bit of a storyteller. I've got a, that journalist thing in me. So whenever I have an opportunity, whether it's through business or volunteering work is great to bring people like you with different experiences, different skill sets, and uh, and share your story. You know, I, th- I find that that's quite good for business too. Okay. So can you tell us about you and how you started in, in the area of communication and now on marketing and helping business people like me? Yes, so uh, I I was born in Brazil. I lived in Brazil until the age of 29. I went to uni there. Um, I was one of these very lucky people that from the very, very young age, I knew what I wanted to be. And I knew I liked to, to write and to tell stories. And I was always very comfortable in front of a camera and talking to people and meeting new people. So for me, when I finished high school, was a bit of a no-brainer to go and study journalism. So my degree was in social communications with majors in journalism. 
And um, from a very young age, at the age of 19, I started doing internships within that area. Um, and I was very lucky in, in a sense that I was in really good places. And then I took on those opportunities to really put my hand up for opportunities when they they came near me. So when I was 19, I was working for this really renowned uh, marketing agency as their intern. So I was doing nothing more than serving people's coffees and cutting clippings on newspapers. But I always felt that this was such a great opportunity to be surrounded by all these amazing journalists and media advisors and politicians and, you know, these really people who had a lot to teach me. And uh, from there, I just kept grabbing the next opportunity when there was the smaller positions available. I'll volunteer my time. I'll show what I'm about. And um, I was never really afraid of the no's or the failures or, you know, I just always felt this was a big learning. Bear in mind, when I finished uni, that was 2002. This is a world where marketing and marketing departments were very different than what we're talking about now. There was no Google advertising. There was no, you know, even websites were something so expensive that only the big businesses had. Lots of advertising on TVs and newspapers and magazines. And so it was a, a completely different world. And I think that for me, it allowed me to grow as things happen. So when Facebook became a thing and social media became a thing, I was already working in marketing. So I think this was really a good advantage for me. And I never looked back. I never worked in anything else. Uh, I love everything about marketing. All I did was kind of continue to expand uh, the areas within marketing that I could educate myself more, you know, in the sales processes and the psychology of it all. Um, but yeah, and then um, an opportunity came from Rotary International to come here as a professional from Brazil. So my migrating story didn't really start with, you know, me packing in Brazil and, and deciding I was migrating. It was a work opportunity um, after my exchange with Rotary and uh, the rest is history. Uh, kept working, learning, meeting people like you, keep learning from others and, uh, and today I have my agency. Thank you so much. So just like you, I'm also um, not originally from Australia, so I'm also migrating here as well and being a journalist as well on my home country. How hard being a migrant on getting into being an entrepreneur or getting a job here when you first came in Australia? It is uh, really harder than I think for you know locals. Um, I found that the number one thing that I had in my favor and that I would advise anyone that migrates is to make sure that your English or whatever language they speak in their country is up to scratch. So if you're moving to a country and you want opportunities in this country, you need to make sure you nail the language, especially for people like us who are writers and communicators. You need to make sure people can understand you well. So that was number one. But in saying that, um, visas are, are tricky here. And I think anyone who is from overseas that migrated to Australia will appreciate what I'm saying. The visa process to migrate, to work, to uh, get your citizenship or your residency is not an easy uh, pathway. Uh, in, I've never met anyone who had an easy pathway with that. So that does add an extra layer of stress and kind of like slows you down. You don't just come to Australia and hit the ground running because you have to go through the visa um, situation, at least for, for most of us. And at least it's, it's what happened to me as well. And I think what I did is just take a deep breath and take a step back and understand that lots of the work that we do in our home countries, unfortunately, is not going to help us here. 
because they are in other languages. And I'm talking specifically for the area of marketing and communications. So it, you start with that, like I had a lot of work being done and published and, you know, I had a TV show back in Brazil, but it meant nothing for um, the businesses here because they couldn't understand the language. They, they couldn't really know if I was a good writer or not because it was in Portuguese. So I think you just got to take things as they are and accept the reality that when you migrate for, to a country where your language is different, you're going to have to take a few steps back and accept that. This podcast is brought to you by Ospad Syndicate, powered by Kangaroo Fern Media Lab. Kangaroo Fern is Australia's independent video and podcast management agency with a mission to help individuals and entrepreneurs to start their own podcast and harness the power of podcasting. Book now via www.kangaroofern.com. Great. So that's uh, nice. So we go back to, since our audience is uh, also an entrepreneur just like you, who is um, listening and watching as well through Facebook and YouTube, because we post that on, on those two platform. So my question is, is how do you build your personal brand and you should be building your personal brand above and beyond your business brand? I think um, today when people have so much information available at their fingertips, right? So uh, at the end of the day, our businesses started from somewhere. They started for a reason. There's um, there's some great books from Simon Sinek about that, about your why and how it all started, which I know we'll, we'll talk books in a minute. Um, but I think what people need to appreciate is that your reasons and your whys and your mission and your vision and why that one human being started the business matters. Um, it matters for your customers. It should matter for your staff or partners or anyone you collaborate with. So having that clarity around your personal brand and who you are and what you stand for, um, what kind of people you want to service, what kind of people you want to collaborate with. It's really important and it shouldn't mix with the business brand, but it should complement it. It should be aligned, like what I stand for should be aligned to what Lustosa Marketing stands for uh, because it's it, you can't separate the two, can you? Like when you when you talk in business, you're the one sitting in business meetings and you're telling people what you're about, what your services are, what your promises are. Um, they need to trust you. And at the end of the day, you can't trust a building. You don't trust a building. You trust a person. You trust that person that started it all and that kept um, building around it. So I think people need to be aware of personal brands. People need to be aware of their behavior online. And even if it's in your own personal, oh, but I posted that on my Facebook page or I post that on my personal Instagram. You, you, it still matters to your business. It still can either make it or break it for your business. These days, um, a wrong comment, a comment that offends people in your personal page can actually, you know, mean the end of your business um, because people will take that to the business boardroom and say, well, but you said that and that offended me. Therefore, I don't want to do business with you. So I think... Uh, People need to be more mindful of that. Um, I always joke with my friends, like I'm, I'm in my 40s, that we grew up and we're able to be teenagers and kids in a time where things weren't online, right? And uh, we got away with a lot of things. Um, there's no such thing anymore. Everything you do, that could be a video, a photo, um, uh, your comment gets a print screen, even though you might be saying, oh, my story is 24 hours um, thing you know if it's going to offend someone if, if it doesn't sit right with the people you service and the people you're trying to sell to just don't do it 
So as he said, so be mindful and uh, be careful whatever your comment is, especially if you have you have your own business. Yes. And the other thing I, I think about businesses is you have to understand that um, I know that comes Friday o'clock, you know, um, Friday five o'clock. If it's your business, you don't just take off your business hat and then whatever I do on the weekends, it's my own personal problem. Like it, you can't separate like that. Um, oh, now I'm just going to go and have a rowdy night somewhere and, you know, behave inappropriately or because it's Friday night or Saturday night. It, 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 that's not how it works. That's not the real world. Um, but just shifting that a little bit in terms of also um, how you comment and how you respond to your business online as well. Um, as a business owner, you also need to understand you need to have a thick skin, right? People can post about you offline. They can engage with you and not like you or not like the service or not like the product. They might try your food in your restaurant and not be happy about it. And you have to appreciate that that's their right. And they might post about it on, on social media or put a bad Google review. And it's one thing that I coach a lot of business owners about is how do you communicate after that? How do you go about it? And, you know, one of the things you got to be mindful, one, people are entitled to have an opinion. The same way they can post online that they loved your food they have the same right to post online that they don't quite like your food for whatever reason. And that's the balance. And you, you need to uh, be respectful of that. You need to acknowledge. So one of the things I always tell my clients is that don't ignore the bad reviews. Deal with them as a grown-up. Acknowledge, I'm really sorry you didn't like the food. We appreciate your comment. And we work on it. Maybe we could have a chat offline to understand what was the real issue so we can talk to our chef and improve. Having an approach like that instead of getting angry or blocking people or deleting the comments from your pages will make people admire you as a business owner, will make people understand that, well, it's okay that sometimes you know, it's not even that you messed up, but sometimes you didn't hit the mark with someone. That's okay. But how do you go about it? Do you go about it by acknowledging that maybe you didn't hit the mark with someone and then looking into it? Or do you get angry? Like, you know, it's that kind of, of thing as well. Responding to bad reviews is good for business. So what is your thought on using social media as a marketing channel? Oh, it's, it's a no-brainer. I think today, if you have a business and you're not seeing social media as part of your business plan or of your marketing plan, you are in really trouble. Um, I think what people need to understand is that they don't necessarily need to be on every single social media channel there is, right? Um, you need to be on social media as a business, but find the right channel that your customers are hanging out at. So yeah, I'm, I'm a B2B uh, person, so I service businesses. So I need to be active and I need to be on top of LinkedIn. I'm not necessarily, my brand is not strong on TikTok or, you know, Snapchat and those kind of audience because I don't service that demographic. My target audience is CEOs and business directors and owners and you know what I mean? So I need to be where uh, my customers are and don't try to be everywhere because then you're just trying to communicate with people that are not your audience anyway, and it's just not going to work. Um, the way you talk on social media, the way you engage, the kind of things you put out there need to make sense for your target audience. And those channels need to be the ones that they're in. But I must tell you, if you have a business, you need a social media page. And a plan as well. <laughs> 
and a plan. What are you going to post? When? Uh, what's the tone? What's the language? How do I um, take them from that social media kind of post to my website or to an email? What am I going to create? What am I offering them? So I, I think you you nail that one, and I think um, we know that that that's lacking in a lot of our business people. Um, we had a, a very interesting coaching session the other day, me and a couple of other coaches, and we were talking about winging. You know, people are still going on social media. So I'll just wing it. I'll just post whatever comes to mind, and it has to be spontaneous. And no. Business does not need to be spontaneous at all. Business needs to be planned. You need to have a message. You need to know what's going to happen next. You need to know if you're ready, uh, if people take that offer, if you're ready to service them. There's a number of things that should be aligned before you do anything, before you put anything out there uh, to the universe about your business, uh, whether it's for an email, a phone call, anything. My next question is a little bit interesting as well. Should should a small business employ a PR agency, or there's a or there's a cheaper way or easier way to get publicity? So I think my first question uh, would be: I think PR agencies, if you need media coverage, um, either PR agency or agencies like mine that provide that service apart from other services, uh, an investment because they know how to get that coverage, right? You can try to get the coverage and you spend days and days trying to, to put something together, but it's a, it's a very unique skill set because it's not just about um, what you're trying to put on the media, it's about the connections that like I have with journalists, the relationships, understanding how they write, what they kind of are interests are. But always ask yourself, do I really have something that's newsworthy? And that's the most important thing. Something that is just promoting your business is not newsworthy. Then you need to pay for an ad, which is okay too. But if all you're doing is promoting yourself or your business or your service or your product, that's not newsworthy. And I think as an, as an agency who provides PR, we actually had turned, like, turned um, away a number of clients because we said, actually, you don't have a PR, like we don't have anything to work with here. You need an ad. You need to pay for an ad. Uh, a journalist is not going to see these as public interest. And we had to say no. But what I would say is that um, it's worth asking the question. It's worth going to um, the professional and saying, look, this is my idea. This is what I'm trying to do. Am I on the right path? And I think that that's always worth doing. It will save you time and will put you on the, the best pathway to, to get where you're trying to get. Thank you for that. Let's go back to your being a, a woman entrepreneurs, your journey. So during your starting up as a career as a communication and then you set up this uh, marketing business, is there any challenges being a woman entrepreneurs? Oh my God, where do I start? <laughs> I think um, also in my case, not only I'm a woman, but I am not Australian. So I am an immigrant. Uh, English is my second language. Uh, I'm new to Australia, relatively new. I've been here for 10 years, but I didn't go to uni here. Um, I didn't go to school here. So I think it's, it's, it's tough and you're going to have really bad days and you're going to have days where people are going to put you down and you know, I had, I had my, my fair share of those, trust me, where you just think about it. It's like, ah, oh, should I just find a nine to five job and and you know, call it a day? But at the end of the day, I think if it's if if you believe in your business and you believe in what you're trying to do and you see the value, 
it's just letting that those bad days pass um being a woman is hard but um, i mean it's hard for you too right it's and you're a man so i don't use the whole gender thing on in the entrepreneurship i actually find that women struggle more in corporate jobs than as their own business owners because um by starting my business, it allowed me a level of flexibility that I didn't have in my corporate jobs, you know, to accommodate my son and my family and, and all of that. So I think um, being an entrepreneur is hard, period. Men, women, young, old, migrant uh, from here. And I think it's hard because it can get really lonely sometimes you're in your path and you, you you know you feel like you're you're just chasing your own tail all the time and uh, it's a never-ending game and I what I wanted to say is that if you're watching or listening and you're starting your business you're not alone we're all like that and you might see people online and being all successful and making it sound easy trust me it's not easy and I'm sure they're having their days where they're crying in the corner of their houses as well when things are not going well for them. Or, you know, you're waiting for that big client and something happens and they just they just don't reply to your emails anymore. We've all been there. We all, like, it doesn't matter in what scale. I have those days. I'm sure you do. And I'm sure our listeners do as well. You have days where your restaurant is packed and everybody's enjoying the food. And then you have days that you just like, oh, we're having this special menu and everybody's going to love and nobody shows up. And it, it, it's tough. And you got to dust yourself off and just saying, well, what are we going to do next time then? What are we going to do different? What are we going to do better? And I think it's... Um, like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. In, in being an entrepreneur and being a startup or starting your business, you cannot afford to wear the victim hat. You cannot afford, you, you can have bad days and you can allow yourself to take a step back and say, you know what? I'm just going to go watch a movie. I'm going to turn my computer off. This is not working for me today. And I'm going to come back again tomorrow with a new energy, with a new kind of excitement. And I'll, you know, just allow yourself to, to kind of take a step back and not keep trying, you know. Uh, but you can't wear the victim hat. Oh, it's the customer's uh, fault or it's my husband's fault or it's this person's fault. Because you got to own it. It's the only way to, to get over the obstacles. It's the only way to understand how am I going to make tomorrow better? How am I going to get that customer next time? Or And ask questions. Ask questions when people don't. And I'm just using restaurants as a reference. But like in, in my case, if I send you a quote for a service and you say, no, thank you. I will follow up with a, with a phone call and say, can I take you out for a coffee? Can I just understand why I didn't hit the mark for you? And I do it in the nicest way. I'm not pressuring you. I get it. You don't want to hire me. That's okay. I got that. But you've got to wear your, you know, my big girl pants and saying, okay, there's no ego here. Oh, he doesn't want my service. Therefore, off my list delete from the mailing list, I actually take them out for a coffee and ask them, okay, what could I have done better? And then I understand sometimes it was just not the right fit at that time. Or they'll say it's a price matter. And I'll stand my ground. I said, okay, I charge what it's fair for what I'm giving you. So that's okay. I can, I can go to sleep with that. You wanted something cheaper or you want something quicker, like whatever it is, but try to understand that. Um, ask for help, you know, go to other professionals, other, go join groups that can understand you. Like I have groups that I join on Facebook that are for, you know, mothers who have businesses because sometimes you wake up and you feel like you're failing as a mother 
because you're too busy running your business. And I know there's a lot of females listening to this that feel like that. Oh, I'm writing emails all the time and I'm chasing people or I'm doing this, I'm working on weekends and I've got children. I hear you. I feel you. We all have those days. So find a community that supports you, that understands you. Because sometimes I, I find it as an entrepreneur, you just need to hear you're not alone. Others are going through this too. And um, I don't know, it, it, somehow it makes you feel better. So I've got two questions on, in relation with that one. The first one is, do you really need a mentor if, you, if you're starting up a new business? And the second question is, how did you, um, how did you um, say you have a, do you experience a burnout and how did you cope it up as, a, as an entrepreneur? So one, uh, I absolutely recommend mentors. I think they, I have two mentors. Um, and I think finding people who have been where you are right now that come from a genuine place of supporting you and giving you advice because they, they want to see your business grow and they have um, no, you know, no, they, they genuinely just want you to succeed. I think it's the best way. Um, there's a lot of shortcuts that they can give you by saying, look, I've been there. This is what I've done. This is the outcome. Is that what you want or not? Um, if you go this path, this is what it's likely to happen. So maybe try this. Um, but one thing I would say is that you need to pick a mentor you really trust. And once you pick them, you need to listen. And I think that's very important is that you don't just waste your mentor's time because you want to have coffees and they will say something and you just get on and do whatever is it that you were going to do beforehand. So I meet with my mentors monthly and I finish my meeting with them with a task list. They give me homework. You know, they give me to-do list. So I don't see it as a, you know, I, I don't see their time likely. I appreciate their time and I don't waste it. Um, and the second thing about burnout, absolutely. But to be quite honest, I found that I had more burnouts when I was in corporate jobs than by having my own business because I'm very diligent with my time with my family. And one of the reasons I started this business was because uh, my son was starting school and I wanted to have some time to enjoy his school years, to be part of it. And, and I can. And, you know, there are days, and, and I think it's the balance, it's not the hours, the working hours. I work more than I've worked in any job, but I don't feel as stressed because I can balance it out in a way that's going to suit my son especially in my family. So I picked him up at three today and we played for two hours and now I'm here. But I don't have that mum guilt that I'm here, you know, and I have a couple of hours work to do tonight after here, after, but I'll finish here. I'll go put him to bed. I'll read in a bed sto bedtime story and then I'll come back and do some work. So there's a balance there. And I think that's what sometimes misses that if I was just stuck in this computer from six in the morning to nine, 10 at night, I think that's when the burnout happens. I think having that, you know, pause time, I read lots of books when I feel that I'm, I'm kind of too much in it, um, trying to find a solution for something or chasing a new customer or trying to, to do a big project, I stop and I go and read a book. And I take two hours for myself or I go for a walk or I go to the gym. So you need to find these things um, because your body will tell you, if you don't stop, if you don't use your mindset to stop, your body will stop, but you end up in hospital. 
So you said you're reading books. So what is your recommended book for our listener and audience? So if you're a business owner, there's um, I would highly recommend the sign it um, the Simon Sinek ones. The start with why. I think um, goes back to us talking about the brain, the personal brand, and your business, and and I think the start with why um, really helps you dig into why am I really starting a business? Um, what am I trying to do here? And kind of helps you go for that. And I, I, I really value that book. The other one is the E-Myth, which is the Entrepreneur Myth. It's an old book. It's been around for many, many years. And I think if you start a business, you need to read it because it shows you that difference between being an entrepreneur and being good at your job and there's a huge gap so I'm I could be an extraordinary writer or journalist or digital marketer and not be a good business owner not be an entrepreneur and I think you need to find that balance between spending time growing your business spend time running your business and spend time doing the job so these two books are, are I think uh, I would recommend anyone. And then I'm just a marketing crazy. I love all marketing books and you know all the Zeph Golding ones. I read all of them. I'm obsessed with them. And but that's a that's more of the marketing kind of interest. But these are the two are like any business that you're running. I think you should read them. Thank you. So you mentioned Seth, and uh, I remember I. I read one of his blog that he's saying that podcasting is the new blogging. What, what do you say about that? I think there's something about um, in this really busy world that we are now, obviously podcasting uh, allows people to listen to you on the go. And I think that's something that really grows. So I listen to my podcast when I'm driving. Or before bed, you know, when I'm about to go to sleep and I'm, I'm kind of um, trying to wind down. Um, so I think the on-the-go thing, the, they, the fact that people can connect with you on the go is a big thing. The other thing is that people are busy and um, their attention span goes very quickly with the, the copywriting. I think with the podcast, you can really engage with them with your tone and with your, you know, the way you speak uh, can engage a lot more than just the written words. I think there's a there's a place for both. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. Podcasting is, is great and it's growing. As an entrepreneur, do you recommend to have a podcast for the business? It depends. Um, I was talking, I was actually coaching someone just the other day and I think podcast is a great tool for a business. I am not sure if it's a great tool to make money. So there's a difference. So if we're using your podcast to bring people in to hire your service on something else, I think it can be an amazing tool to really show people who you truly are. So I, I do marketing services and I could do a podcast about marketing and provide tips and, you know, have conversations like this one that we're having. But I don't find that lots of people really nailed the way to make money of it. Like if your business is, I do podcasts, unless you do it as a service for others. So you say, I'm your client and you're running my podcast for me. Then I think that's when people are making money of it. Um, I find because there's just so many good ones that are free out there, people are struggling to get uh, to monetize on it. Um, but as a brand message tool, as a tool to talk about the things that your audience is interested of, uh, as a tool to bring people into your emails and your social media, amazing. I highly recommend. 
We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Any podcast that you're listening right now? So I listen to the marketing book podcast because just like I was saying, as a, you get busy and stuff, so there are lots of marketing books that I want to read and I don't have time for and the marketing book podcast, um, they interview the authors and they go for the book. So in one hour, I'm pretty much knowing about that book. So I re- highly recommend for you to have a read because I think you will love it. And the other one is Hidden Brain. Um, I don't know if you, uh, I forgot the, the, the presenter, but Hidden Brain is amazing. And I think any entrepreneur could be interested too, because it's about obviously behaviors and the psychology of how human beings actually interact and why they do things a certain way. And I think just for everybody out there, if you have a business, independent of which industry, what you sell, what you do, remember you are dealing with human beings always so have a better understanding of behaviors and triggers why people react this way when they see certain things it's always um, something that you can put in practice for your business for the way you do customer service uh, the way you talk to your customers or how you present your service so i think that there's entrepreneurs and business owners need to have an interest for psychology. So who are the three people who has been the most influential to you? Um, I know this is going to sound really cliche, but my mother was the first one. And I think it comes from that place of being a female and really finding a place at the table. My mother, uh, I've watched her work around men rooms that were packed with men uh, she worked as a um, chief of staff for a, a state governor back in Brazil so she worked in politics uh, 98% of the politicians and people surrounding her in meetings were men and I just watched her present herself in such a great gracious manner and just almost demanding that respect and demanding that place at the table because she was really good at what she was doing and for no other reason. So I, I deserve this seat. I'm sitting here and you're hearing me because I'm good. And I think I got that attitude from her. And apart from that, I just, I just, I, I literally, I'm fascinated about people. I, Everyone that's come through my way, I try to learn something from them. So I, there's always authors and people like, you know, Seth Golding that I really look up to and I read and I um, learn from them. There's my current mentors, but I wouldn't name name them because I, I know that they'll come and go and there are different ones that will come at different parts of my journey and will add a lot of value. So um, my mom is always that one that's going to stand out because that that's who made who I am. But yeah, I think you should try to take something uh, positive from everyone that you meet along the way, really. And um, yeah. So can you tell us about, so you're starting your own um, marketing, the Lustusa Marketing uh, 2020. Can you tell us about it or give us some little information how why did you start this uh, marketing agency yeah so I started um I, I was doing marketing for a long time and I had in my corporate jobs engaged with lots of agencies before um and I've noticed the gap on what I needed as a a marketing manager for a team and what the marketing was offering. I was uh, often very frustrated with pricing. I felt that the prices were so high and we couldn't afford it. And I had this vision that everybody should have good marketing. They should have, um, I appreciate that people have different budgets, but I think 
there should be options out there for you of good strategic marketing. And I wanted to provide that. Um, the other thing I've noticed is that we're often engaging with so many different contractors. So we had to engage with one agency for branding, one different agency for PR, one different one for social media, one different. And there was a disconnect of the strategy because these are all different people that have different mindsets. So I wanted to bring it all together and saying, why can't I just have my outsourced marketing department? Why can't I create a department for them where I'm your manager and there's a graphic designer, web developer, content writer, a, a social media um, expert, and all these people come together and almost work as your marketing team. And I wanted that consistency in the management of it all, in the strategy of it all. And that's how Stoza Marketing kind of was born. And was born in a way as well because I knew that I could do this outside the nine-to-five structure. Um, I knew that in, within marketing, you don't need to be stuck in an office to do it and to do it well. On the contrary, I think because we're often doing with creative stuff, um, people who are allowed to, you know, go for a walk at three in the afternoon. And if at nighttime you're more productive and that's when you prefer to write, go for it. Um, it doesn't impact my clients. So I let my uh, people that work with me work in their terms as long as the deadlines are being respected and the briefing is being respected. I could not care less if my staff is you know, doing the work on a Tuesday at three in the afternoon or on a Friday night, um, as long as it's done. So I wanted that as well. And I think the pandemic just highlighted it even more and accelerated the fact that the business was going to really grow and, and become my full-time job, <laughs> that flexibility. So do you have any final advice or anything else you want to share for individual who is thinking of become an entrepreneur just like you? Yes, I think uh, my number one rule, if you want to uh, start a business or grow a business or keep your business growing, have a plan. Don't just wake up on the day and, and see how you go. Uh, have a business plan, have a marketing plan, have a budget, know how much you're spending on what and then know your numbers. So I think uh, marketing is such an important part of a business growth. Don't, don't take it lightly. Don't just think that posting uh, cute little Canva templates on Instagram is going to cut it. Uh, have some intelligence behind it, understand the customer, do research, do market research. And if you can't outsource it, one of the things I, I often tell my clients is that marketing when done well is not spending, it's investing. Because everything you're doing marketing, you're doing to get your return of investment. So it's just a matter of seeing it that way and doing it strategically. Um, but yeah, always have a plan um, because th that can really make it or break it for the, the future of your business and potentially, you know, the, the well-being of your family, your plans and goals and dreams for the future too. Thank you so much for that. If uh, someone wanted to have a chat with you and wanted to connect with you, how can they contact you? So uh, my website is lustosamarketing.com and all my information is there. That's another thing. Can I just give a final tip as well? I forgot about that one. Um, have your information on your website. Don't just put contact forms and, and expect people to just fill in a form to, to talk to you. If you want to get customers and you want to get people helping your business, Put your phone number there, put your email address there, put your social media handles there. Like tell them, look, this is where I am. You choose how you want to connect with me. So I'll tell you guys out there, if you go on my website, lustosamarketing.com, 
There's my LinkedIn profile. Feel free to connect with me there. There's my Instagram and Facebook pages. Please like us. There's a Facebook group that you can join us and have more like private conversations with me and, and some of my clients and some of my like-minded people. Join the group. It's exclusive. Um, if you prefer to send me a text, my mobile is there as well. Um, if you want to book a meeting, a Zoom meeting, there's a link. Oh, you know what I mean? Like just allow people to choose how they want to connect with you. Because at the end of the day, that's what you want, isn't it? You want people to, to come to you and to um, join in, in in your business and in what you're doing. So, yeah, everything's there. My phone number, everything. Thank you so much for that. So thank you for your time, Celeste. I know you've been a busy person. And um, thank you for coming to the show, to the Tribe Podcast under Ospod Syndicate. And all the link, all the website link will be on the show notes as well. And of course, if I go, I'm just going to have to say thank you to my sponsor. So the first one is the Kangaroo Firm Media Love. It's the podcast management service. If you want to launch your own podcast or someone wanted to manage your podcast, so just book them. So call or call them or go to the go to the website. It's kangaroofirm.com. And also the myios.com for the web hosting of my site. Thank you so much for that. So if I don't have it because of them, I have my own site. Okay, so just check with them at myios.com. And, and the last one is the merchpedal.com for it's a, a merch for any clothing. Thank you so much. So, okay. Amazing. See you, see you next week for another episode of, of the Tribe Podcast and their Osborne Syndicate. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit our website at www.ospodsyndicate.com.au where you can subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. You can also join the conversation with Ospod Syndicate on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please consider on making a donation to help us keep making the podcast you love. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. We are Independent Podcast Network. We are Guerrilla Podcast Syndicate. Would you like to hear your brand while supporting quality podcasts? Contact us now at advertise at guerrillapodcastsyndicate.com. Are you ready to finally start your own podcast? Maybe you already have one, but need a podcast manager to help you level up. We're here for either. Book a call at www.kangaroofern.com www.kangaroofern.com